So four months ago, you were in the fundraising process. Yes. Which you ended up closing, so congrats. Thank you so much. I would love for you to talk a little bit, because this is something we actually haven't spoken about on the podcast, is just your experience in fundraising yeah. for a creator-led business. Yes. And I'm sure you got a lot of questions from you know venture capitalists who yes. are like, you're a first-time like, CEO of a software company, mm-hmm. right? Like, What were some of the hang-ups that you experienced as you were fundraising? Okay, okay, we're talking about fundraising. Okay, let's go deep. Okay, so before, before I went to investors, I already had 30, 40 employees, mm-hmm. and I already had a you know, profitable business, and I already had you know, 30 million followers, and I had the brand. So investors already knew about what the Nas Daily brand is. This stuff helps a lot. If an investor knows about you from before meeting you, they're like five times more likely to like give you money. Totally agree. So don't be a random guy showing up to like knocking on the door, hey, I'm a creator, give me money. Don't do that. Make sure investors see your content before organically. Mm-hmm. even if you have to manufacture it. Um, and I went to investors and I said, look, we've, we've found, we, we understand the creator economy and we are creators ourselves. We would like money to double down on this vision of building products for the creators. And we think we are uniquely positioned to solve this problem because I'm not just a software engineer. I used to be a software engineer. I'm also uh, a creator. So, so you need to prove, and not only that, I also have a team with me that's ready to deliver on that message. So, you know, I have a chief business officer, I have a head of operations, I have a head of marketing. These people came from Uber, from like Visa, from, you know, uh, all these big companies. This is how you de-risk your company as a creator. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can raise 10, 11, 20, 30 million dollars yeah. uh, pretty easily. Totally agree. You guys ended up raising 11. We raised 11 million From dollars. Lightspeed, who read the, led the round. Yes. So did, and this is the other, I think, thing is like people are like, how do I meet investors? Like, how do I meet VCs? So were a lot of those conversations just intros that people made to other VCs? Because I know my intro to you was through yes. Blake Robbins. Through Blake Robbins. Another venture capitalist in the industry. Yeah. So were a lot of them through intros? So Reed, do you know the Wikipedia Hitler thing? I don't think I've seen it. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, this is gonna sound weird, but there's a th- saying that you can get to a Hitler's Wikipedia page in six clicks from any article in the world. So you could be reading about vanilla. Okay. okay. And if you do six clicks, if you click on the hyperlinks, you can get to Hitler's page. Mm-hmm. Pretty insanity, right? Because you can vanilla, you click white, then white supremacist, then all this stuff, it gets really bad really fast. But the, op- the flip side of it is you can also get to anybody in the world within three introductions. Mm-hmm. So the way I got to Lightspeed, who's our lead investor, is like, I got my chief business officer, Alex. Alex knows someone he worked with. That person I had a bike ride with. He told me about someone in Hong Kong who does fundraising. That someone in Hong Kong introduced me to Lightspeed. So you have like a five connection. So what you need to do as a creator is talk to five people only or 10 people only that have money and that are your friends that are in the tech world and ask them to make five introductions each. Yep. You will reach the world. So let's back up a little bit because I I wanted, I know when you walked in, this was like the one thing I really wanted to touch on and we'll get to the, in the nitty gritty of Nas Daily and and, and everything else and Nas Academy and what you guys are working on. But you started, I would say non-traditionally as we look at most creators that have been on this podcast or in that are saying, I'll just say they're YouTube native. Yes. You actually started on Facebook. Yes. Which is crazy to To say. And to even think about, because most creators do not start on Facebook. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that path. And then also I wanted to get into the thousand days yeah. of 60 second videos and how that changed your life. 
So, Reed, I think what's interesting about Nas Daily is that I asked YouTube to take down my videos, take down my channel because I was so against being on YouTube. So I think, you know, creators are irrational, by the way. Yeah. Just to be clear. I'm oh, on YouTube I, right now. Yeah. We're all <laughs> irrational and extremists. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I started making videos, for me, there was no about, it was not about the money or the fame. Uh, it was about really like having a voice and having distribution. And when I looked at YouTube, I saw that distribution is low. And I saw that the culture of YouTube was not a culture that I could win in. It's not a game I could win. You know, I could not have a house party and compete with Logan Paul's, you know, putting vodka up girls', you know, girls bodies. Yeah. I cannot compete with that and I do not want to compete with that. On Facebook, my friends go 25 times a day. And on YouTube, my friends go once a, once a day. So I wanted to put my videos where my friends are, where my mom and my dad is. That's why I chose Facebook. And I knew that if you like my video on Facebook, all your friends will like my video. And again, five degrees of separation. Yeah. If I want to reach Obama, I just need Obama's Facebook friend to click like. That's easy. So, um, or reach Mark Zuckerberg, which we did through that. So I took a chance on Facebook. I also knew that in the future, Facebook videos are going to be much more of a thing. If you want to know what a platform wants to do, just listen to the CEO. That's it. Mm -hmm. The CEO of Facebook has been saying consistently, I will not be surprised if video is 70% of the newsfeed. I will not be surprised if video becomes the main way we make money and, and create content. When I heard that in 2016, I jumped on video and I jumped on video on Facebook. And that, that bet took three years to materialize. Only after 609 days did Facebook algorithms change. Mm -hmm. And in one day, I went from 100,000 uh, views to a million views in one day mm -hmm. because of the algorithm change. What but was I, that change? So it was called meaningful social interaction change, which the idea is that as Facebook, we want to give more distribution to videos with more intent. We're so tired of the clickbait stuff. We're so tired of the publishers who are spamming the content. If someone cares about their Facebook page, let us give them like Facebook Watch, yep. much more distribution. And when I talked to Facebook, they were like, we can't believe you exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very rare to see Facebook native creators. I think now we see it a little bit more. You do, you see a lot more. Yeah. Um, especially because I, they've done a much better job of figuring out how to monetize videos. Yes. And so creators are seeing substantial revenue. Correct. Thus the rise of Jelly Smack. Correct. And the whatever you call these companies now, just distri Facebook distribution companies that are you know repurposing YouTube content, Correct. right? So there's a much bigger opportunity. But at that time, you know, you were now what making a video a day for a, a thousand straight days. Yes. Right? And so but they were only 60 second videos. 60 seconds. So one minute. Were those videos monetized? No, I made zero dollars. Mm -hmm. And so, so what was the goal? Was it, I know you ended up writing a book and, and yeah. telling the story. And so yeah. what was the ultimate goal with going out for a thousand straight days across yeah. the world? So the one thing that bothers me the most about uh, um, new creators is that they say, I want to go to the platform that gives me the most ad revenue. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, you're, you're a nobody. Like, why would anybody give you a cent? You're a nobody. The thing is, distribution equals money. That, like, it doesn't get any simpler than that. Distribution equals money. Forget the ads, forget everything. If I get 500 million views per month on Facebook, one of these people is the CEO of a big company. He's gonna watch my video while he's in the bathroom, most likely, mm -hmm. and then he's gonna be like, why the hell does not my marketing team do these videos? Reach out to this guy, let him 
let him make videos for us, we'll give him money, right? So that's how you can monetize your content by massive distribution. So don't worry too much about ads and whatnot. Um, you know, there's the, you just need to be relevant on any platform. TikTok now is the new Facebook pretty much. Yeah. Why I made a thousand videos in a thousand days is because when I started Nas Daily, I was a software engineer. I was, a, I was an unemployed, hairy brown Arab kid who knows how to code. That's not, that's not interesting, mm -hmm. right? So I needed to learn how to make videos fast. So if you don't have a job, you cannot take a weekend off. Like it should be illegal. So you work seven days a week, make a video every day, and every time I made a mistake, I had 24 hours to fix it. But if you make videos every month, you have 30 days to fix a mistake. And that's like too much time. And that's why I became a much better video maker after 500 attempts. And that was like roughly 10,000 hours. And then it's like bam, 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 bam. I became one of the best in the world at making one minute videos exactly. Mm -hmm. Not six seconds, not 10 minutes, just one minute. And that's why YouTube Shorts like fell into my lap. Yeah, well not only YouTube Shorts, TikTok, yeah. kind of fell into your lap as well. Yes. Snapchat started monetizing shows on yes. shorter form videos. Yes. It's just the world's attention span is going down. Thus, like now these platforms that feed you 30 to 60 second videos exactly. are becoming more prominent and the watch time is increasing across yeah. TikTok. And now we have YouTube Shorts, which you are back to YouTube, which you were against initially. Um, yes. So what is the YouTube short strategy as opposed to like your Facebook or TikTok, mm. or are you posting the same thing across three platforms? So, um, uh, so actually, right now my strategy is very simple. Every, so, okay, every, we don't look at videos as videos. We look at them as ideas, okay? Let's say uh, I'm gonna make a video about a homeless guy who became a millionaire, okay? That's not a video, that's an idea. This, the, this guy's story, I can make it into a one minute video on TikTok, one minute video on Reels, one minute video on Shorts. I can make it into a three minute long video on Facebook, a three minute long video on YouTube. I can also, that's what, uh, and, and another three minute vertical upload on IGTV and Snapchat. So that's 10 uploads for one idea. Then those 10 uploads, I localize them to different languages. Arabic, Hebrew, Spanish, Vietnamese, Bahasa, 13 mm -hmm. languages. We have Nas Daily in 13 languages. So 10 times 13, that's like 100 uploads for a piece of content. Mm -hmm. Amazing, right? Um, so my strategy now is actually ad revenue is less than 20% of my revenue. And I think eventually in the long run, it will be less than 5% of the revenue I would like to make. Um, the way we think about it is we own distribution. We make shorts because we want the world to know what NAS Daily and NAS Academy is. And we're gonna go and monetize them through a product that we built, right? Which is NAS Academy product. So if I look at a user, there's a lot of money you can make from a user. Either an ad or a t-shirt sale or a sign up to your newsletter or a user of your product or a purchaser of your product, right? Mm -hmm. So we would like them to be a purchaser of the product as opposed to be someone who gets an ad. Because that's the most value you can get from them. If 20% of your revenue is AdSense, yeah. what's the other 80%? So, uh, so we have education revenue, mm -hmm. right? So uh, teaching is something every creator should do. And that's the really, I'm on a mission to like convince creators to teach through the NAS Academy platform. Um, so teaching is another 20%. Um, we have a production house where we make uh, content for governments and brands alike. So we work with the like, government of Singapore and the United Arab Emirates, um, almost the US, but not, didn't really go through, uh, where we, 
we help governments come up with sort of social media strategy and content. And that's a powerful place to be in. That's where we need to be, as opposed to, you know, uh, selling Old Spice. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, yeah. the so, yeah. So it's about how you position your company. And I wanted to position it as like a premium uh, place where you give money to, to give you either advice or even build social media teams for, uh, for governments and brands. There's good money in there. Um, yeah, so it's go consumer, but then build a business. Yep. The one thing that I'm curious about, you said back to your 20%, I actually think that number could potentially go up because mm. platforms are figuring out how to monetize shorter form videos. Mm. I just, I refuse to believe like YouTube as a platform is going to do a really good job of continuing to push shorts. Yeah. They're gonna need to figure out how to monetize those videos or else they're gonna significantly lose ad revenue because yes. a lot of the watch time is going to shorts. Right. So I think you're like uniquely positioned to benefit not only on YouTube Shorts, but also across Snapchat and Facebook and wherever short form video is used, because I think they're all gonna figure out how to run some type of like Correct. programmatic ad against that. I agree, 100% agree with that. Now, if 100% of your audience is in America or Canada, ads is the best place to be in. You can make millions of dollars from Americans. But because we localize to 13 different languages and we have a, 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 like a global audience, the like, monetizing someone in Egypt or someone in Israel is like 10% of the United States. Yeah. That's the problem. And so now I have to make a decision. Should I only make videos that Americans are interested in? Probably don't want to do that. So you, you, like ads, it, it, ad revenue from outside of America is still very nascent. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna take another 10 years or five years for it to become mature. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Beast is witnessing that right now because we've localized his content yeah, into I different saw. countries. Yeah. And yeah, the AdSense or RPM is a 10th. Yeah, it is sad. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think a lot of creators would benefit from localizing their content. I'm speaking about that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It is the most meaningful thing you can do as a creator. Yeah. Totally agree. And then it's now just figuring out like what are the what are like the five places that you should localize first, which I'm sure you guys will talk about tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which I, I'd love to tell people where to go to watch that. But you'll probably you'll post something like a breakdown of that on social media, so creators really have an idea of where they should be localizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I know the localization of the Facebook audience, mm -hmm. right? So I like because whatever works on Facebook in English is guaranteed to work in Vietnamese. Um, and so I think one of the the, the the way I look at content is that supply and demand. There's a lot of demand for English content, but there's also a shit ton of supply for English content. Everybody at VidSummit is making English content. But if you look at Vietnamese content, there's, no there's so much demand for Vietnamese content, there's no supply. Mm -hmm. The only supply is you know, probably from state media or some local uh, creators. That's where the opportunity comes in. If you localize Mr. Beast to Vietnam, I mean, this is the first time in the history of a Vietnamese kid to see such a content. Yeah, agreed. And then can we open Mr. Beast Burgers across Southeast Asia and other parts of the world, right? Definitely. So I think that's like the big question is if we can build distributions in all those areas, Definitely. are we now supplying restaurants, consumer products? Like yes. what's, what's the business that we would build on top of that distribution yes. that he's building? So 100%. that was always the ultimate goal. It's just taken us a while and it's gonna take us a while to get there. Yeah, about three years or so? Yeah, well, I mean, just, just localize. Like I would love for you to just talk about how difficult it is for you to like localize content. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it's a lot easier for you than it is for us, but we've had a tough time finding voice actors and editors mm. and like people for each language. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the process that you guys go through? Yeah, so what you do is dubbing. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I decided not to do dubbing. I do text on screen okay. subtitles. One, it's massively uh, less expensive, right? It's 10 times cheaper. But two is, if I look at myself, how did I learn English? I learned English from watching movies in my village with Arabic subtitles. So I think if you look at Netflix, how does Netflix localize? It's not dubbing, it's subtitles. Yeah, still subs, yeah. So I think the reason you need to dub on YouTube is because of the age group. Like, the kids, normally young people don't wanna read subtitles. But on Facebook, where it's a little bit older, uh, text is all you need. So what I started with, it was so difficult to find someone willing to do that. We take those subtitles, copy, paste, copy, paste, mm-hmm. copy, paste, right? English to Vietnamese or whatever. And then I was like, wait, I'm a software engineer. Let's build localization products. So we built a Google Translate for video in which you take a video and you auto-upload. It auto-transcribes. It auto-translates. You get a human. They correct the 10% mistakes and it auto-uploads to Facebook and you get Mm auto-analytics. So now we can localize a piece of content in 10 minutes as opposed to 10 hours. And I think that's one of the products that the reason Lightspeed invested is they want, we want to go to every creator and be like, let us make you multilingual and we'll just do 50-50 ad rev or brand deals or whatever and you don't have to pay us up front. Yeah. Do you want to be big in Vietnam? Everybody wants to be big in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about NOS Academy because you yeah. got into one of the, the business points. So let's talk a little bit about the business holistically and all the different verticals because yes. when I when I look at it, you know, I look at it as a, you know, courses that Maybe a creator's putting on the course, maybe someone else is putting on the course. So talk a little bit about the different, like, um, the different business models of, of what the company actually is and like, yeah. what it's giving to different people and consumers and creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the question. So um, we want, I want to spend the rest of my life building technology products to empower the modern creator. That's it. Whatever technology you need to empower the individual to survive on the internet, I want to build. We're starting with education. So basically what we do is now, we go to a creator and we say, you can make a shit ton of money from teaching, but you also can find the top 1% of the smartest audience that you have, because they'll be your students. Mm -hmm. Do you want to teach? So we built a a, a platform that enables a creator to become an educator, build their own masterclass in in like a day. So that's the first product. Once they are on the platform, we say, if anybody comes and watches your course from Vietnam, we're gonna show them Vietnamese subtitles. And then we realized that's another product. A creator wants to localize. So let us, it's called NAS Global, let us make you global and localize your content in 13 different languages. So I go to a creator and I say, let me make you money from your knowledge and let me double your following. That's for the next two years, three Mm -hmm. years. In the future, I mean, there's a lot that needs to be built. Mailing service for creators, uh, uh, analytics for creators. Does anybody know how many followers they get in a day around the internet? Nobody knows. Doesn't exist. How many views? We built it internally. How many views? How many followers? What is the sentiment on you as a creator? How do you manage mailing lists as a creator, not as a business? Everything that we built in the last 15 years for businesses, we must rebuild it again for the individual creator. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really excites us. So NOS Global. So it's... Someone can come in and be a part of that, and you said it's a 50-50 rest split yeah. with you and the company, yeah. and then is it just offered for Facebook, or are you also localizing to different platforms? So it's invite only now. We try to localize what we know best. We know how to localize Facebook mm-hmm. uh, content now, but we're gonna get to YouTube very soon as well. Happy to talk about this later as well on like, maybe we can try YouTube, but I think we're not going the dubbing route. It's just too expensive yeah. 
for the average creator. Oh, trust me. When will you, you said it's in closed beta right now, when will you open it up to creators? We, we do work sorry, with I'm some Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot right now to figure out when we're getting NOS Global to all the creators that are listening to this, but <laughs> when, when, is this, when is this gonna be a thing? And also, I, I guess the next question to that is like, what types of content are you guys looking at? Yeah, yeah. So for Night Media, it is open. There we go. Okay. That's, that's all I really wanted. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> for you, it's still a little bit closed. I'm so sorry. Because it takes a, a massive investment from our end too, mm -hmm. right? Because it's 50-50, so the channel has to succeed and it takes yep. one year to succeed. So are we willing to invest in every creator? That's the question. Now, we also have like very, I'm sure you do too, right? Like if a prankster comes and wants to localize, I'm like, yeah, does it translate to other countries? Probably not, right? A prankster does translate. It's just, do we want to translate it? Mm -hmm. I, our, my company is a little bit like very like me, like whatever I work on has to change the world. I think generally speaking also, every creator should strive to be net positive. Mm -hmm. That's really what matters. Like if you make a prank video on the internet, there is some negative effects of it for sure. There's negative effects of Nas Daily, but uh, is it net positive? And if it is, we'll work with you. If not, what about kids' channels? Oh, they're great. Uh, like um, nursery rhymes, like animation. Have you guys thought about like all the different genres of content that are doing well on the internet? Yeah, yeah. So kids is very YouTube specific because mm -hmm. they can, it does not translate well to Facebook. Definitely not. Yeah. So usually, I, I tell you the channels that would re do really well. Veritasium would do fantastic. Mark Rober would do fantastic. Mr. Beast would do fantastic. Those are very easy, like you know, engineering, physics, it's really universal. Kids, you need to dub, but it'll also do fantastic. Yeah. Things. Well, let's, let's talk about the other side of NOS Academy. So let's yeah. talk about the teaching side. Yes. So how do, how do people get onboarded? Is it open to any creator that wants to be a part of it? You said you're building a platform, which I totally agree with is like you already have the consumer base there. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna not just buy one course, I'm sure yes. you have a lot of data now and like exactly. once a person's in the funnel, they probably buy four, five, exactly. six. So what, what's the process for someone who wants to be on NOS Academy, wants to teach a course? What do they yeah. have to go through? Yeah, you said it, right? It's a, it's a certain type of consumer that likes to buy courses. Not mm -hmm. ev that, I don't know if it's you. It's not, it's not me, by the way, but I my courses are books. For example. Same, yeah, I, I don't buy a ton of courses. I like to right. read books, I like to listen. Right, but some people like video courses. Uh, some people like conferences. I mean, I see a lot of people here paying a thousand bucks. Essentially, it's a course, this conference. Yep. Um, so that now is still also invite only. And the reason for that is because we are very hands-on with the creator. We help them with the curriculum. We help them with shooting the video. We help them with editing the video and marketing the video. So we literally hold your hand as we make you into your own masterclass. And we also keep minority of the revenue. So the creator makes the majority of the revenue. As you can tell, this is why we need to, to, to raise money because it's very expensive. So one thing we do now is we have hand-picked creators that we really care about and we go aggressively and we say, here is a minimum revenue guarantee. I am so confident in your ability to teach. I am so confident in you that I'm willing to give you $100,000 right now as a minimum revenue guarantee. So even if your course fails, you still made 100K. And so part of that 11 million, we have allocating $3 million to give to creators as kind of like book signing deals. Mm -hmm. And so this way they're a lot more incentivized and a lot more de-risked. Um, so now we work with roughly 40 creators. We wanna get it to 100 by the end of the year. And I just, you know, if I look at myself, I could have a choice of selling my T-shirt or selling knowledge. I chose to sell knowledge and you know, I generated a million and a half last year from education. 
and that elevates your brand as a creator. This is why they should teach. People should not look at you as an influencer. They should look at you as a source of knowledge. And that's when brands will come and say, can Mr. Beast teach my marketing strategy? Here's 100K. Mm-hmm. And then you get governments to come. Can Mr. Beast upskill my country's citizens? What an amazing place to be in. And so that's why teaching is so powerful. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The biggest driver of value in the history of the world has been equity. Mm-hmm. It has not been uh, salary or, or ad revenue. So if it is equity, then you should build an organization that has equity where you hold some of that equity, but that is what's truly gonna change your grandkids' life uh, as opposed to your existing life. So forget the $4,000 and focus on the $40 million. Mm-hmm. One thing that creators, I think, don't understand yet is you have to convince people to be a part of your vision. Yes. Right? Like A lot of sales. Yeah, it is. like Hiring people is all about how you can convey what you want this company to become yes. and why they should be on the bus with you and be a part of that journey. Yes. And I think a lot of creators really struggle with that. And they say, because I'm a big creator, you should want to come work with me. And that's <laughs> that just not how pitch. it goes. That yeah. was my first It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Doesn't and work. so... That's like, to me, like I'm, I'm just looking forward to the evolution of like creators as entrepreneurs yes. and then better managers in the system. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about uh, was looking at your YouTube channel and I saw a video about creators, about decision fatigue. And yeah. this is something I have personally struggled with for a long time. I'm sure you now struggle with it because you're not only a creator, you're a CEO. Yeah. How, what are some things that you're doing to help against decision fatigue? Have you allowed people to like come into your business that are taking a lot of those decisions off your plate? Because I'm sure a lot of creators like you and I have that, have that issue with decision yeah. fatigue. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it's probably the number one reason I'm depressed, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, decision fatigue and delegation. I think when you're a creator, of what's in your brain becomes a reality, right? A video. That's a creator. My vision is on YouTube, 100% of it. But when you build a company, it's like, okay, you start with 100% vision, then you delegate it, and that person delegates it and delegates it, and ends up, the final product is 30% of your vision. And that's where you have to continuously make decisions every single part of the process so that it's 100% of your vision. That's a problem. Mm So that's why I'm learning how to be okay with 50% of vision. Right, let's say I want something to look like this in my brain. If I delegate it and they make the decisions, it'll be 50% of what I imagined, but that's okay. It doesn't make it worse or better. It's just different. And so uh, letting go of like creative control, of editing control, of sound effect control, of music control, all the sound effects, just let go. I still look at every video that goes out and I do give comments, but I don't, I don't have a stick up my ass anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that make sense? How did you, how did you get over that? Cause I think a lot of creators watching this want to edit their own videos. They yeah. think that nobody in the world can edit their videos like they do. Literally I've heard nobody. so many creators say that. Yeah. So how did you get over that fear of just letting go? So I edited 750 videos in the 1000 day journey until I got an editor to travel with me. Mm-hmm. And when I got an editor to travel with me, I saved six hours of my day, right? Because I don't have to spend six hours editing anymore. When I saved six hours of my day, I started to script better. So the video script became better even if the edit was different. And the edit became better because the editor is 100% focused on making an amazing edit. So one thing I realized is that, you know, we're, we're in the business of championing the creator, the individual. But what's even stronger than an individual is a team. 
a team can build something that no individual can do. So if you're a creator and you have a team, your videos are gonna be 10 times better than if you do them yourself. That's number one. Number two is a lot of training. That's why education is important. So I downloaded all my knowledge in, in my course, how I script, how I think about Facebook, how I edit in Final Cut Pro, and then any new hire, watch the course. Then train for two weeks, then let's talk. And the people I trust now have been with me for a year and a half. And you know they started as interns, now they're head of videos. You would be surprised to realize that your best editor on your best creative team is less than 24 years old, right? So only hire people that are less than 24. Don't be an ageist, but hire people that are less than 24 Yeah, because they're very, very good. All right, well, that was great advice, and now I'm going to show that clip to every creator that tells me <laughs> no one can edit my videos except for me. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Anything else that you wanted to leave everyone with? Anything else about uh, NOS Academy? Uh, no, I mean, uh, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, I actually, I, I say this all the time. There has never been a better time to be a creator, and I'm sure you agree. There has never, be, for you, we say this at the company, there has never been a cheaper time to acquire creators. Mm -hmm. So uh, we want to acquire as many creators as possible because next year you're going to be very expensive. So please work with us. <laughs>